Hey folks, Zach Oshman here, IU Insider, Indianapolis Star. Uh, this is Mind Your Banners for Tuesday, August 2nd. He is, as ever, the Bloomington Herald-Times, Dustin DePirac, across from me. Dustin, uh, it is the time of year where people our age and older get to cluck their tongues and say, mm, can't believe it's such and such month already. <laughs> um, but it's quite possibly my favorite time of year because it is followed by sweater season and, more importantly, sweatshirt season. Um but it is also the beginning of football season. Indiana opened fall camp today. You know, we're going to pump the brakes on any kind of sweeping observations. We only got to see about, I think, 45, 50% of practice. They're only in uh, helmets and shorts today. They'll build up to spiders and then shells, which is basically like shoulder pads and shorts uh, before they go full pads in a few days and a few practices. But this was our first look at them in, in what? nine months because they closed down spring access pretty much completely, at least in person. Um, and if nothing else, Dustin, I think we just wanted to get together and talk because it's the first day of fall camp. There wasn't anything sort of gallopingly newsworthy out of Tom Allen's uh, post-practice press conference. He is not acquiring Juan Soto. Um, but he should have tried, frankly. Yeah, I, think. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 he should have at least made an attempt. There should have been an offer out there. I think know. it's it's fair to say KCT Gardens' contract was just too big to move. Um, really, if mm-hmm. T Gardens listening to this, mind your yeah, man, he's a big fan of you, Casey. Um, <laughs> but, but also, also would trade you for Juan Soto. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. You know, if nothing else, it just it, this is kind of, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about this. I think it was at Media Day and it was just another media member. And I just said, honestly, what the one thing I'm sort of from a, a neutral perspective looking forward to about this IU football team is the first the, the most fascinating two months of the season start or the first two months, because we're going to this is our first this first month is our first look at them in any form since the Purdue loss last season. And then the second month, all the way up through the October 1st trip to Nebraska, is basically proving ground. Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, at Cincinnati, at Nebraska. How they come out of that is almost certainly going to set the course for the rest of their season and and basically set the terms for what we should expect from them. Um, You know, it's just – it's interesting because it's unusual that it's been this long since we've seen Indiana football in the flesh. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're used to having some spring access. Uh, Obviously, the world has been shaken up since COVID and and we had we're still doing with those issues in the spring. And, you know, I I think obviously they just didn't uh, didn't see a lot of upside to making a lot public of this group coming off of two and ten and certainly not to having a spring game. So we didn't get to see much. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's the longest we've gone without seeing them. And also uh, there's just potential for just so many uh, new faces. I mean, I think today what was just interesting to me. And we, we didn't really uh, get to see, we didn't get to see any, you know, 11 on 11 or anything like that. And we're only supposed to say so much about it if we do. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, it, it was just interesting to see, okay, well, what do these guys even look like in shirts and shorts? What do these guys look like just attempting to play football? Uh, because, you know, there are a lot of important players in this team that we have no uh, history of, of really watching. Um, you, know, you know, guys certainly we might have seen on other teams, like Sean Shivers or, or Josh Henderson, but even not much uh, in that case. I mean, Shivers, I think, and, and, and Basilak, if you were happened to make the point to watch Missouri football the last couple of years, you would have seen plenty of, but that's about it. Um, so just getting a sense of, of who are these guys going to be. And, and you know, again, we as you mentioned, it's the first two months are going to be fascinating because, you know, right now we don't have any ideas going to play. We're going to find out in the course of this month who's even going to play for this team. 
And then the first month of the season, we're going to find out if they can beat anybody. And, you know, right now we don't know the answers to either one of those questions. I did feel like Tom Allen, when we talked to him post-practice, was, I thought, fairly honest. I mean, there are always all of the sort of attendant cliches. It's great to be back. We were intense. Seemed like guys were locked in. I was, you know, this and that. But, you know, it, it, it caught my ear in particular when he's just sort of like, I'm not really ready to say any of these defensive freshmen. I think I think he was talking about the ones that just got here in June. I don't think he meant the ones that have been here since January, but you know, when he was just sort of like, Yeah, I'm not going to talk about any of the freshmen that got here in June on defense because I don't think I think they all looked completely overwhelmed to me today. Um, Allen has never been like the biggest sort of obfuscator in the world. Like Kevin Wilson would do this just because I think Kevin liked to argue with you, where you'd be like, Kevin, you scored 50 points and uh you know you beat michigan uh 48 to nothing what went so well for your offense and kevin would be like well we missed some blocks and you know and then and then you know the next week the reverse would happen to ohio state and he'd basically be like yeah but you didn't see these four things that went really well like that's not tom and it's not like he's an open book but he is generally he'll he'll entertain your questions fairly directly to begin with even still, especially given how much sort of scrutiny is going to be on this team early after the way last season went, it was interesting to me that it just sort of felt like he was just kind of prepared to be like, hey, you know what? Like, it, it just, it's, 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 I'm just going to kind of be honest and open with you. Because the other thing that grabbed my attention was not anything anyone said or anything anyone did. Last year, papered all over the, the walls of the football facility of the North End Zone. Uh, were little signs that said, what have you done to win the Big Ten today? Did you, did you remember that? I do, yeah. Did you see the signs today? Did not. It said, what have you done to beat Illinois today? I didn't see that. I, did, I missed that. I mean, that that mm. those two things kind of paired together. It, it feels like there is a real sort of top-down change in focus, I guess, mm. for Indiana. Yeah, I know. I mean, and I think in retrospect, they – you can sense that they got ahead of themselves last year, number one, and number two, aren't they aren't nearly good enough to even think about getting ahead of themselves uh, this year. When I, I mean, he, he thought it was a good idea for last year's group to go in uh, with really big ideas, and, and I don't know whether that was a good idea or a bad idea, but he seems to not regret it. I think but he just seems to regret, I think, more so that guys were not held accountable to um, keeping it together once a lot of those, you know, uh, lofty goals, you know, became impossible. Um but I, I think obviously with this year, he could see that it, it makes no sense to to fill these guys uh, minds with with ideas that are beyond them um, at, at the moment. Basically, it's just it, it has to be for them about just beating winning a football game and going from there. And because, again, I mean, they haven't won uh, a Big Ten football game since Wisconsin in 2020. So, you know, it has been a long time. So they need to sort of focus on that thing. But, yeah, no, I, I think it's. Uh, you know, Alan maintains obviously a positive air about him, and I think he always will. But I, 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 I think he has been chastened in a way, um, and, and in a sense of, of coming in and knowing that, that last year went wrong, um, and you know, just having to be aware of that and, and not necessarily have to go over it, um, all the time. But he hasn't lied about that. I mean, I, I think sometimes, 
uh, he gets branded as too much of a cheerleader or, or, or too much of a salesman. But I mean, there, there is more, there, there's a lot more honesty to, to him than I've seen from other guys that I would have branded salesman. He is, he, he, he knows he can't fake this, but I don't think he's a sort to fake it anyway. Um, it's just like, he, like he can have positivity and love each other in the whole bit, but I mean, he, he, he can't lie about what the product is on the field and I don't, I, he's not really trying to. I want to play you something really fast. You ready? Yes. Chasen. It's, you pronounce it chastened. Oh, okay. I love you. I love you, Dustin. But it's it's part of my brand to just poke fun at everyone. Um, but it's fine because everyone pokes fun at me and, and it's always deserved. Um, that was great radio. I'm guessing we just lost like half our listeners. Everybody just gave up right there. You're right about the fact that like this has always kind of been Allen's way. And that was a little bit of sort of what I was trying to get at earlier is that he's, he's never been one of those coaches that just constantly challenges the premise of the question so that he doesn't ever have to answer it. Like, you know, I think right. Jim Harbaugh is another one that sort of comes to mind that, that can sometimes do that. I'm not even necessarily saying that, like, I don't understand why coaches do that. But I think that something that has always endeared people to Allen, and I think it's it's endeared, or excuse me, endeared Allen to, to people. And I think I, I see it through the lens of the media. Like when I talk to other media around the league, I remember talking to Dave Jones, who you, you know Dave very well, yeah. um, ahead of the 2020 season, and him saying like from – he said, I was impressed with Allen from the beginning because he just sort of said what was on his mind. Um, and the example he gave was at his first Big Ten media day when the Big Ten was making this, this highly publicized push for Friday night games – Allen got up there first year head coach and said, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't agree with it. Um, the, the point is he's, he's, he's not, um, it's not like he's never guarded about what he says, but he's, he, he will kind of engage with you. And that's why I, I found it interesting that, that he was just, you know, we talked to him again a little bit about taking over the defense and how different, you know, what's different about that. And I think you can tell he's been maybe, sort of reinvigorated a little bit by that. Almost like, almost like after last season, you know, he wanted an, a different challenge for himself in some ways. I think we, we both have talked about the, the, the perception that, well, I don't think anyone bears anyone any tremendous ill will. The, the defense just did not go in a direction Allen liked under Charlton Warren. But yeah. I, I also think coaches, you know, often I think that we tend to think of coaches as um, – sort of creatures of results, wins and losses and things like that. I think coaches tend to try the best ones anyway. And I'm not sure Tom Allen's the best coach, to be clear. You know, there's, there's surely better football coaches out there, obviously. But I think the the ones that, that do it well tend to try and be creatures of process more than than results because mm-hmm. they, they come to realize that if you literally live and die with every loss, you will be miserable and ultimately unsuccessful in most cases. And I sort of wonder if, if there's an element of this for Tom Allen taking the defense over again, that this is a little bit process, if you understand what I'm saying, like a little bit of, yeah. okay, there's definitely some stuff here I need to fix that I didn't like from last season. But like, maybe there's also an extent to which, quite frankly, I sort of missed this, you know, and, and I yeah. missed, you know, being so involved on the defensive side of the ball and I missed you know, kind of building out game plans and working on things and, you know, just, just constantly engaging my mind in those details. He just seems like, I mean, and Tom Allen can be sort of energetic about just about anything he talks about, but he seems very excited about that. 
And, yeah. and I think today, you know, we talked to him at media day and he seems, you know, he seems eager and all that, but after he, right after he gets off the field. So right after he's had two, two and a half hours of like, okay, I'm back in the, you know, I'm, I'm back in the pit again. We're working, we're figuring this out. We're moving this here. I got to watch this guy make this move, you know, whatever. He, he really did just kind of, for a guy who understandably seemed a little bit worn down and, and frustrated and just sort of, you know, like, God, will anything work? Will anything go right for us this year by November last last year? He seems very much reinvigorated right now. And I think part of it may be this, this move back to defense. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's just taking more, just taking the wheel. And, and I think that's, I think, something that even from the beginning has been uh, an interesting back and forth for him to, uh, you know, know when to, feel like you've got to delegate and let go. And then, and then when you have to, to grab it back. Um, and I, I think that's, I, I imagine that's got to be difficult for a coach because when you're used, used to having this, these things, you know, if you're used to being a coordinator and this realm is totally in your control, you know, and then sort of stepping back and saying, okay, now I have to do all of these things. I have to let someone else, you know, drive this, you know, part, like I, I need to put other people in charge and trust them. Um, and then it doesn't go well. And now you're like, okay, wait a minute. You know, what, what, where, where did, where did we miss here? Where, where did it cease to be aligned with my vision? You know, you know, and, and then think, okay, well, if, if it has to be back aligned with my vision, maybe I, I need to just grab it and put it there. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it is very interesting just to see, you know, the extent to which um, Indiana's identity is tied to how Tom Allen wants to play defense and feeling like if, if he is not ultimately, you know, pulling, most of the strings there figure feeling like it goes away from, from his vision of what they're supposed to be, which it ends up costing them, you know, their total identity. Uh, I, I think that's sort of where it went is, is, is just him just feeling like I, I need to be more directly part of this. If we're going to be the team we need to be is the only way this whole thing works is if it's an aggressive defense, if it's defense that causes turnovers uh, and sacks and all, all, it, it has to cause havoc for Indiana to be able to really win, win football games. So, if, you know, if I didn't get that with someone else at the helm, then maybe I just need to take it back. And I think it's been interesting to sort of watch him come to those realizations and go back and forth. You know, obviously he came to the point where he felt like he couldn't do it anymore and put Kane Womack in charge in the first place. Uh, and that worked out relatively well, obviously then, then moving on to somebody else who had not been right next to him that whole time uh, was not nearly as effective. So it's, uh, it is interesting, but he, he does seem like he's enjoying it uh, and, and he's looking forward to it. He, he wants to be able to just, you know, again, be the guy who pulls the trigger, play after play after play after play, 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 and set those things up. And I, and I think he's very invigorated by it. It goes back to him being him. Yeah, I also think, I mean, it's instructive, I think, to remember what he said, kind of what he admitted in the aftermath, where he hired Kane Womack in the winter of 2018. He kept calling defensive plays through the 2018 season, which statistically, unless last season – got worse than I recall. Statistically, 2018 was Indiana's worst season under Tom Allen. I'll look that up while we're talking. Um, but it, it was it wasn't until summer, late end of summer, like basically right now, like basically I think in the in at team, I think it was at team media day in 2019. So before before fall camp started in 2019, um Tom Allen essentially admitted, yeah, they that 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 is the were in terms of yards per game allowed, 2018 was the worst season Indiana's had under Tom Allen. And he essentially admitted um at Team Media Day at 2019 that 
he hired Kane Womack, who he had coached with. You know, he'd taken his defense from Kane's dad. He'd coached with Kane at a couple different places. Um, that he hired him with the intent of making him defensive coordinator, but he didn't want to ask him to do it in 2018 because he knew he was going to have such a young defense that they graduated. If, if fans will remember T gray scales, Chris Covington, Greg Gooch, Richard Fant, they, they'd lost this whole wave of guys who'd been mainstays for three or four years and had been really big for Allen in his first two seasons as defensive coordinator. And he knew that he was going to be incredibly young and it was going to be, you know, it was going to be, Guys like Jalen Williams getting lots of snaps as a freshman and, and just, just you know, asking a lot of young guys to play a ton of snaps and that the defense was probably going to struggle. And he basically didn't want Kane Womack to have to wear that either publicly or professionally in terms of being the one that was coming in and tugging his hair out every day. Because no matter how much your head coach looks at you and says, hey, it's a rebuilding year for the defense. I'm, I'm not worried about, you know, the, the individual performances too much. In, in the moment, you're going to be losing your mind if you're a coach. You're going to be losing sleep. If you're struggling that much, you know, it, it, it's interesting, therefore, to sort of chart his journey back to this. And I think it's valid you point out that Charlton Warren had never worked alongside Tom Allen. And so maybe some of that synergy was not quite there the way it had, it had been with Kane Womack. But just broadly speaking, um, I think that there was it, it, I think there is something interesting in watching kind of how he goes through this this year and wondering if, if maybe he's doing something similar with Chad Wilt. I don't know if he is or not. Maybe it's at least something where he wants Wilt working kind of alongside him for a little bit before he starts really trusting him more. But you know, everything Chad Wilt's professional background looks like he should get the opportunity to call his own defense in relatively near future. I just, I'm just kind of curious kind of where it all I just find it fascinating kind of how this all weaves itself together because I think there's a perception that Allen is pulling the defense back because he he thinks it's some four-alarm disaster. But then did that perception exist when he basically admitted that he knew it was going to be ugly for a year and he just didn't want to put Kane Womack in the firing line for that regard? It's just one of a number of things that, again, you mentioned the quarterback battle. We can talk about individual position battles. We can talk about the wider question of distribution of snaps along, you know, senior, freshman, sophomore, junior, or, or, you know what I'm saying. Um, There's just so much that fascinates me about this team because, number one, I don't feel like I have a lot of answers about them yet. And number two, they feel a little bit reflective of a new normal to me in college football, which is that we may just not have the same sort of institutional knowledge of teams that we used to because – it's so much easier for guys to enroll early. The portal is, is you know, the portal and the one-time exception have changed so much. I just think, you know, this may be at the extreme end, but I think that we're entering an era where teams are, it's going to be much more NFL-esque, where we're asking these sort of year-to-year evolutionary questions that it's going to be hard to answer without just seeing game. I mean, it'll it'll be more more crazy than the NFL because I mean, the NFL at least has long-term contracts when it comes to, especially quarterback, uh, basically where you, you, you know, you still have guys for all the movement that 
goes on to the other positions, you generally have quarterbacks staying still. Once somebody figures out who they have and who they want, they, they give that guy a whole ton of money and he stays. Uh, that's not the case in college. Um, basically, it's, you know, it, it, you, it's, it's, it's harder to keep them. It's harder to groom them. Uh, in a lot of cases, they do move. I mean, there's, it, it is going to be a lot like free agency, but there's not going to be even the base. Uh, there's going to be some guys to stick around, but it's not going to be certainly not going to be the same as the NFL. Um, no, I, I, but I, you know, I, I think it, it is, you know, all those things I think are fascinating in that regard. I, I think one thing, as far as Wilt's concerned, I, I think one thing that just, just piecing together a few things that, that, uh, Alan and Warren said last year, I, I one thing that really struck me was when, when Warren talked about, uh, Indiana having always had in previous years an all zone vision, which he just basically suggested is guys keeping their uh, eye on the ball versus their man, uh, the whole time, basically just being more, more sense on a more set on attacking the ball, uh, as opposed to, you know, worrying about guarding their man. Um, and, and I think it, it probably goes back to the idea of Allen having made his decisions on risk reward um, and not necessary. And it's hard to get someone else on the same page with you with that um, because it's just like, okay, you know, if, 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 if my guy gets burned because he's not, he's watching the ball and not his man, uh, are you going to live with that? You know, that, that's really the question. And, and, and so it's hard to do that for somebody else. You've only been working for a year to know when he's going to be okay with the risk reward. So you do the safe thing. Um, you know, the thing that you, you does, you think won't lead to you getting burned deep. And when, when and Alan's, I think point is like, no, I'm, I'm willing to take the risk reward. I'm willing to every once in a while have a busted coverage. If it means we get some interceptions and turnovers. I'm willing to give up the occasional big play because we, I think, you know, we need, we need to make, make big plays. And so it's, it's, it, it's hard for someone who hasn't been sitting next to you in that chair to know what your risk reward, uh, you know, calculation is going to be and, and trust that you're making the same decision that they would. Um, so I think that's kind of a big thing is, is if, 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 if his goal is to make the chat, chat will the eventual, the eventual defensive coordinator, he wants, uh, well, to have a sense of what his risk reward calculation is um, and how willing he is to take chances and live with the consequences if those chances go wrong. Anything else tremendously? I mean, again, I think part of this was just us trying to to hit the start button on fall camp. Nothing, you know, glaringly newsworthy. No, you know, Connor Bazelak wasn't sitting on the side with his arm in a sling or, or anything like that. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to watch the, the wide receiver position unfold. I saw, I liked some of what I saw from Donovan McCulley, from Anderson Kobe, the, the Tennessee transfer that I suspect people have kind of forgotten about, or maybe never even realized. Um, right. Cause he didn't play at Tennessee very long. He was a Juco transfer to Tennessee. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but you know, again, so much feels new there outside of DJ Matthews, who obviously, to be fair, I think we're pinning a lot of sort of returning hopes on DJ Matthews having essentially one and a half good games before blowing out his ACL last year. Um, but other than that, I, I just, you know, I thought it was a um, kind of a standard day one of a fall camp that, that there was nothing that just popped hugely off the page. Um, but it is the start. It's the start of, of fall camp and it's the start of essentially the end of summer and the, the barreling forward of the season or the, of the year toward football season. Dustin is freezing up on the other end of the zoom. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and close it down there. This has been my, I think beer. I'm back. I think I'm back. Okay. Are you back? <laughs> Do you have anything more you want to add before the internet does you dirty again? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, real quick. Uh, no, I mean, I, I would say, um, well, for one thing that it's worth noting, I mean, you, you mentioned if nobody was on the sideline. I mean, like, uh, other than Ellis and, um, you know, Dylan McCullough, the second, uh, you know, obviously taking medical hardship waivers, seemed to me like just about everybody was out there, uh, you know, and, and, and it would be sort of an odd discussion if, if, if somebody was hurt, we would have had to sort of, you know, run that through and get it confirmed. But uh, we, I, I didn't see anybody on the sideline. I didn't see anybody really limited. Um, so it is, I think, important just to note that they seem to come into this pretty healthy, uh, at least at the start. Obviously, you know, uh, things happen in camp, and, and I don't imagine they'll be just as health, healthy at the end of uh, – at the beginning of September as they are at the beginning of August. Uh, but they start off in a pretty good place in terms of having everybody available. Um, but, no, I mean, I think a lot of those – you know, the, the positions battles are going to be interesting. I, I don't think – uh, I think there are people that think it's Bazelak's job. Uh, I don't necessarily think it is. I think Tuttle is going to have a a, a real crack at this thing. Um, it's, you know, I, I think if it was Bazelak's job, they'd have named him after spring. And so, you know, uh, Tuttle still has a chance to win it. I, I think that's one one thing to point out, that it's not a done deal uh, as far as quarterbacks concerned. Um, but again, I, I, you know, running back and wide receiver is going to be very interesting, but it seems like the rotations are going to be deep. So a lot of the people that we're mentioning, are going to get carries and catches, you know, like you're going to see Simmons, Emory Simmons and Cam Camper and Don McCauley and, you know, DJ Matthews and Javon Swinton and Anderson Kobe, like all, all of these guys that we're mentioning are going to be a piece of this. Uh, basically the, it, to play some tempo, you're going to have to see a lot of guys run through, but I think it's a very interesting position, obviously, because, you know, their, their starters at the outside spots are both gone and Fry Focal and Miles Marshall having both moved on in their own ways. Um, but you're going to see just a whole new crew of guys at those positions, and, and that's going to uh, obviously change the way that they play offense. So, uh, again, just I think a lot of intrigue in, in August to see just how every, you know, a, a lot of major positions uh, play out here. Sorry, I was going to the mute button there. Um, this has been a, forgive us, really low rent version of Mind Your Banners. We, we, we're, we're, it was the first day of fall camp for us too, um, largely because of uh, office wire, uh, office Wi-Fi, and my not paying attention to where the mute button is. I guess that happens pretty much all season. So, you know, we're back. Um, Somebody put the Idris Elba meme on on top of this uh, on top of this podcast, but we will do more of these as fall camp unfolds. Certainly, um, I, I do suspect that we will start kind of uh, kind of picking up a lot of information in fairly short order here, um, because there is a lot to learn. As, as you make the point, Dustin, about this team, there's there's a lot to sort of suss out, and there's. It, you know, so many positions feel like open books that you don't feel like you can pigeonhole one or two in any way. Um, so stick with us, stick with mind your banners, indystar.com slash sports, heraldtimesonline.com. Um, for Dustin DePirac, I'm Zach Osterman. Thank you so much for listening this week. We will be back, I would say, probably around this time next week. Between now and then, take it easy.